right. I am recording now. I am recording now. All right. Let's get some claps going. Okay. One, two, three. Did you okay, clap? I feel like... Oh, was I... Sp- oh, I'm supposed to clap too. I forgot about that. <laughs> I thought it was just you. Never mind. All right. Let's give that a whirl again. One, two, three. All right. All right. Welking... <laughs> <laughs> welking, I can't even do the intro right. <laughs> welking Phoenix to Talking Dudes. Uh, welcome to Talking Dudes Season 3, Episode 7. How are you today, Adam? Pretty good. How are you, Jonathan? Doing solid, um, especially considering we didn't know we were recording until, at least I didn't, until about five minutes ago. So Yeah, well, you know, to be it, fair, I, I texted you earlier today to see if you could record earlier than the time that we had not scheduled, I guess. Well, but I, yeah, I was confused because I was like, what are you see talking about? We're not recording for like another two weeks. And so I was like, work today was just insane. So I was like, ah, I'll get back to him later. And then you texted me like, hey, are you still good to record? And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, whatever. We, we, we found our way to the recording one way or another. Yeah. For, you know, all five of our listeners. So, so let's, let's just hop right into it. Um, Gosh, I feel like Philip DeFranco now. Whatever. Um, <laughs> tell me about the house. How's how's the house coming along? So last time I thought I'd had pretty much had pretty much everything ripped up, but Uh-oh. now More er- things to rip up. Now everything's ripped up. Definitely everything. It's on been the, like on the top floor, right? Only the top floor. Oh yeah, yeah. Only the top floor. Okay. And it's been two weeks since last time, but it's it's crazy how much we've gotten done. We have the entire kitchen cabinets ripped out and we didn't plan on doing this yet but we ripped out the entire hallway bathroom too i feel like y'all just decided i want to destroy things that's really what happened here yeah well it's it's kind of crazy because my sister-in-law is coming in a week and we were trying to kind of prioritize what to do before she got here because originally rebecca thought we'd be done by this time and and then her sister could wait just, just, just done with the demo right no just done putting everything back together and then her sister could come and help decorate okay that is an insane timeline yeah i think anyone who's reasonable knows that <laughs> yeah she did not ask me if i thought we would be done by then yeah <laughs> <laughs> like i'm not sure you would have been done by then if it was like a professional crew working on it like right that, well that would have been crazy I did read an article about someone doing the first flip and they did it in seven weeks. I'm like, that is insane. It must not have been that hard of a flip is all I have to say if you did it in seven weeks. They did uh, pretty much the same amount of work we're doing, except maybe not the deck. And they did none of the work themselves. They just hired people. Yeah. there. Well, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not doing it yourself, that makes a lot of difference. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting. We have no kitchen We've had no kitchen for about a week. We have no bathroom or sink upstairs. So we just have like the one little bathroom downstairs. And well, we do have a we do have a bathtub upstairs. And so we're kind of I have a bunch of dirty dishes in the bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> OK, what, what about like um, do you have a fridge? We have our fridge in our living room. OK, well, I mean, at least you have a fridge. Yeah. Know. And, oh, well, here's the other thing is we bought a chest, a big chest freezer 
and that's okay. down that's downstairs. So before we ripped out the kitchen, we made a whole bunch of uh, ready-made freezer meals. Gotcha. Okay, so that you you have a little uh, little leeway with with the kitchen. Yeah, and we've got an instant pot and crock pot, and yeah, we should be good for a while. So I, I am curious. Do you feel like the instant pot hype is like? Is it real? Like, is the Instant Pot really that legendary? Like, people talk about the Instant Pot. I don't know. Like, it's the greatest thing that's ever been created. Yeah, I've heard this. We've made one thing in it. I wasn't involved in the making of it, and so I still don't know anything. I I do know you have to keep your face out of the way when you let the steam out. I mean, that that does make sense to me. Uh, Yeah. Uh, yesterday, it reminds me, yesterday I opened a bottle of wine that was like a couple of days old and it just, it's cause you can like recork it with this plastic thing and it just sprayed all over my face. Like, oh. It got in my eyes a little bit. It was not pleasant. That's so sad, bro. <laughs> I didn't know wine would explode out of a, yeah. I, I wouldn't have known that either. So but now the, you know. The ca- the cabinets are ripped up, and then we this weekend we had the we had the neighborhood crew come and rip out our deck. Heck yeah, dude! Yeah, they they brought like twenty guys and they ripped it out in two hours and filled up an entire thirty cubic foot dumpster. So our third our third dumpster is completely full. Wow. Yeah. Unfortunately, the harder parts come in pretty soon. You know, the part where you actually have to like put things back together. Yeah, we're we're working on that actually. We've got drywall up, and it's mudded and taped most of it. We we've got a contractor working on some of this stuff. Gotcha. And since we ripped up the hallway bathroom, we were able to fix the squeaky tub because we were we took out the tile, and so since we took that out, we're able to fix the squeaky tub. I didn't know you could do this. You can just stick some insulation underneath there and then it's it stops squeaking okay i mean good to know in case i ever have a squeaky tub i suppose yeah and that's one of those weird things like you would never know before you bought the house that the tub is squeaky unless the previous owners told you which why would they they're not going to tell you that they have a squeaky tub like there's too many other things in a house that can be wrong to worry about squeaky tubs Unless it's the only thing wrong in the house. If the only thing wrong with the house is a squeaky tub, that's a really perfect house. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, um, oh man, I said also, and then I realized that I just like had a complete brain fart. You oh, said also without anything to say also. Yeah. I was, I was shifting topics. That's what I was doing. And I'm not done. I'm not done. <laughs> Okay, then you keep going. So today I got home, and someone had put some crap in my dumpster. Uh-oh, illegal dumping? I was like, this is my dumpster. Like, Why is there... Because the thing is completely full, and you're not mm-hmm. supposed to go up above the above the top because they have to cover it up when they take it away. I mean, it's... Yeah, it's completely full. And I still have stuff I need to put in there if, if possible. Yeah. I was like, it was just so weird. I was like, I don't I don't remember putting that in there. What, what is that? 
it's it's funny that you don't remember putting it in there because you didn't put it in there. Yeah. And like the other day before we filled it up when it was empty, a neighbor texted me and said, "Hey, can we put some tree trimmings in there?" And I was like, "No." But it was nice that they asked. Yeah. That's the way to do it. You got to ask. Right. I don't know. I'm sure they were sad. People but, who you know. use other people's dumpsters probably don't know how dumpsters work. Like it's actually kind of expensive to get one. Right. Oh. Okay, you can change topics. All right. Have you been desiring to take part in Prime Day? Des- desiring. Amazon.com no. has been jacked up like all day long. No, I have not been on Amazon today. Like after after Prime Day went live, almost the entire day it's been messed up. Is it Prime and, Day today? Yeah, today is Prime Day. Okay, whoa. It started at 3 Eastern. That is not the Amazon I was looking for. There's like a weird Pinterest timeline, Facebook timeline thing going on on the homepage. Yeah, yeah. It, but it, it like... Almost all of the searches are failing right now, and uh, thing, things are not going well for Amazon, kind of like what they have every single Prime Day ever. Um, <laughs> for whatever reason, they can't get Prime Day right. It's like supposed to be this big deal that's like really awesome, and they can't seem to like get it working the way they need to get it working. Uh, so to answer your question, no, I'm not desiring to partake in this. That's fair then. In that case, the point is moot, but you know. Were you desiring to do this? I was. I I mainly so. What were the desires of your heart? (laughs) The Instant Pot was one of the things that I was like strongly considering. Although it seems like they always want to run the six quart version on sale. And I feel like that's entirely too large for a single dude. Um, So Mm. I I was hoping to see the uh, three quart version on sale, but. It didn't go on sale. Alas. Alas. And then I also, we we ran into probably the weirdest set of circumstances I've ever run into whenever it comes to, like, living in a house. Um, so, randomly, the breaker in one of our rooms just started getting flipped. Like, it would, like, trip the breaker or whatever just randomly. Okay. And then we could turn the breaker on... And it would stay fine. Sometimes it would take like 15 minutes before it would have a freak out. Sometimes it would take like a few hours. Like couldn't figure it out. And then finally one of my, I mean my roommate was like, hey, it's probably this thing. And I was like, nah, it's not that thing. What thing? There's no way. Uh, It's called a power line adapter, which basically sends the Ethernet cable signal through the power grid of your home. Oh, and I've been using this this same device for like seven or eight years. Hmm. But ever since we unplugged it, it's been several days now. No more problems. So I'm like, clearly that that one unit has just like bit the dust or whatever, and is causing like chaos in our home's electrical system. That's crazy. But it was also weird timing because. Like, the day everything started going wrong was the day we switched internet providers as well. 
Hmm. And so it was just like, what? I kept thinking, I was like, but it can't possibly have anything to do with the internet provider because it can't. Because it can't. (laughs) Because like one has nothing to do with the other. But I was like, it's just like a weird set of circumstances. And so I, I was hoping to find a new power line adapter as well. But I've had a hard time like searching for that on Amazon today. How could it be? I don't know much about this, but how could a faulty power line connector do this? Are you sure it's not the house? Like something? I don't know. Just it just seems like I don't know. I'm fairly confident that's what the problem is. Um, So the only suspicion that I have is the way a power line adapter works is it um so you know a standard house operates on a 60 hertz frequency so the the electrons are fired at 60 hertz and that's the way it works and a power line adapter uses a totally different set of frequencies um to send its messages and that's the way the electrical signaling works to have this all work right and my only theory is perhaps the power line adapter got messed up or something and it started sending signals over the wrong band. I don't know if that's right, but that's my best theory. I'm going to be honest. I zoned out just a little bit there, but yeah, I'll, I, uh, listen, you took fizz too. You should know these things. I don't remember that. I didn't even take that. And I know about this stuff, but whatever. (laughs) I think the problem with this too is trying to use calculus. <laughs> well, whatever. But hey, we should so, move on to something that's not so boring for people. <laughs> well, uh, you want to move on to our first sponsor? <laughs> sure. Well, who's our first sponsor and how much money do I get? <laughs> so, no, we actually do have a, a sponsor and they are paying us in stickers. And stickers, do I get some stickers? You can get some stickers. Okay. So well, who's our first sponsor? The sponsor is Sticker Mule. Sticker Mule. Stick- I've never heard of Sticker Mule. What does Sticker Mule do? Well, let me tell you. StickerMule.com is a really easy way to get stickers and also magnets and buttons. But I, I know mostly know them from stickers because I'm a developer and I like to put stickers all over my laptop. And I, I know a lot of developers really, really love stickers. And I've used them before for my podcast book bites. And yeah, it's, it's super easy. You just go and pick your product. Uh, like you can pick what kind of, what kind of sticker you want. If it has rounded corners or if it's an oval and what size you want and how many you want. And then you just upload a picture and uh, it can be an image, a photo or a vector image. And you get a, you get a proof back from them within eight hours. You can approve it or ask for some changes. And I have never had any problems with it. I've never requested changes. But uh, Sticker Mule has free shipping and a fast four-day turnaround time. So, you know, no matter what you want to promote, it's a really good place to do it. All right. Very cool. Very cool. All right. So are we going to get some Talking Dude stickers? We can. Awesome. You, you want to? Yeah, I want some some Talking Dude stickers. Okay. So speaking of Talking Dude stickers... How do you feel about the name of the show? What are your thoughts? I, I like know, the name of the show. I know show. we've had it for a long time. 
Um, I don't know. Sometimes here's what I'm bringing up. Sometimes it feels a little weird to say, oh, yeah, I've got a podcast called uh, Talking Dudes, you know, and it sounds like it's going to be like a couple of bros or something. Are we not bro enough for you? Is that what this is about? Do I need to be more bro? No, no. No, because it's like a, it's a couple of nerdy dudes. You know what I mean? It's nerdy. It, maybe nerdy dudes would be a better name than talking dudes. No. No. Nerdy dudes is not a better name. <laughs> Listen, man. When you're three seasons in, I think you have to embrace. Just embrace it. Okay, what if it was called The Bro Show? <laughs> no, that, we is, can't recycle from our past either. <laughs> see, because I, I would not... If it was The Bro Show, I would change it. I agree. Bro Show would not be a good uh, good fit for this, this show. Yeah. We're not bro enough for that. All right. But, uh, All right. All right, brah. What, what else do you want to talk about? Wait, have you ever gotten this feedback from people? Like, whenever people find out that you were in a fraternity, people are, like, astonished... You know what? I never tell people I was in fraternity. Oh, okay. I, it's come up for me a few times, and every person I ever tell that to, they're like, what? They're like, you were in a fraternity? <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was in a fraternity. Like, I was an officer in a fraternity. But yeah. people are always just, like, totally blown away by it. So Yeah, and I, I actually pledged for a different fraternity as well and decided it was not. I just didn't like hanging out with those people, and so I didn't do it. That's fair. That's totally fair. And it was not like your typical fraternity either. It was actually co-ed. It was a Boy Scout one. Gotcha. Nothing like, uh, I don't know. I don't Actually, I, I, I've, I've thought about how I could finish that sentence, and I realized there was not a good way to finish that sentence. And I feel like we're, we're like just straight up all over the place today, but that's, that's fine. Yeah. No, we talked about the, the house. And I don't remember what after that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good sign. (laughs) Yeah. Well, tell me about what's going on at uh, your former company, Domo. Oh, yeah. So just a quick update. I was kind of excited to hear about the IPO, but turns out a month before the IPO, I didn't know about it, but they did a 15 to 1 reverse stock split. Oh, <laughs> so in other words, your stock is worth essentially nothing. <laughs> Pretty much, uh, I may get a little money out of it. I may, uh, I'll be, I'll be fine. Like, you know, it was, it was a gamble, and I considered it a gamble that could pay off a lot and didn't cost me a ton. So, it's just not going to be the payoff I thought it would be. Well, that happens. Yeah, but. So I so hope be it. I hope the best for them. I hope in the next six months that it does really, really well. All right. Uh, can can we move to a corner that we haven't been to in a while? Yeah. What's that? I want to go to the book corner for a second. Okay. Well, we actually talked about books recently. You you were reading your first fiction book since like high school, and I did finish it. Ooh. I finished um, The Shack, which was very popular in like, I don't know, probably like 2008 or something. It's it's not like a new book at all. Yeah. But there was recently a movie made about it. But for what it's worth, I did start the book before 
I knew the movie was getting made. Um, it just took me almost a year to get it read. <laughs> wow. Um, but I kept, I kept like, okay, I'm going to go read a little more and then read a little more and then read a little more. And I finished like over 50% of the book, I feel like, in the past six weeks or so. Um, so most of it was finished in the last six weeks. But um, <clears throat> So here's what I'll say about that book. Do, have you read The Shack? Uh, no. I've heard a little bit about it. It sounds really weird to me. So what I'll say is the first couple of chapters you need to be prepared for being just like absolutely uh, what I'll call like hard to read. Like not in the sense of um, it's boring, but in the sense of like it's talking about something that's really traumatic. Um, so you need to be prepared for that. And I was not prepared for that going in. And so I didn't know anything about that like all i knew was oh okay well this guy has an encounter with god in a shack that was all i knew about the book um but Hmm. why he ends up in the shack is kind of a big part of the story and (laughs) um overall i think it was a very good book i'm not gonna say like theologically i'm like a hundred percent on board with everything that was said in the book but in terms of like kind of giving you a different perspective on who god is I think it's a good book, and I don't necessarily think the way God portrayed is completely inaccurate. I think a lot of it was very accurate, um, and just not the way that we choose to look at God most of the time. Um, so, overall, I will give it a thumbs up um, and say, like, if you have some interest in it, it's worth checking out. And I'll, I'll watch the movie in the not too distant future. I'm hoping um, and see what that's all about. So, you would uh, recommend it then. I would recommend it. Interesting. Okay. It was not on my list of books I was interested in reading, but now it is. All right. Cool, cool. Cool. Yeah, I'm also reading a fiction book about God right now. What book are you reading? It is called Christ the Lord Out of Cana. Christ the Lord no. Out of Cana. It's not out of Cana. It's the road to Cana. The road to Cana. So it's the, okay. it's the sequel. I think we talked about it before. It's the sequel of Christ the Lord out of Egypt. Okay. And it's it's by Anne Rice, and they made a movie out of the first one, but I haven't seen it. Wait, wasn't Anne Rice the vampire lady? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. This was during her period where she became a Christian again, and she was only going to write Christian books. And she wrote, gotcha. she wrote two about angels and then she wrote two about Jesus. And then she sort of left. I think she says she's still a Christian, but she wants nothing to do with organized religion. Gotcha. Uh, so she's back to writing things about mummies and vampires and wolves and things. Okay. <laughs> but How does that statement sit with you whenever someone makes that statement? I'm just curious. Whenever people are like, I'm a Christian, but I don't want anything to do with the church. Right. Well, yeah, it it doesn't sit super well with me. I kind of get what they're saying, especially since she comes from a Catholic background. Right. I, there's, there's certain things about the Catholic church. I don't agree with certain parts of it are kind of cool though. 
But yeah, it's like Christians need to be around other Christians. It's yeah, it's I I kind of I'm kind of there with you like whenever someone says like I'm a Christian but I don't want anything to do with the church, I'm like, well what do you do with like whenever Jesus says that like the church is the bride? Like, I I don't I don't think you're understanding like what Jesus was talking about. Like, yeah, yeah. And so, it, yeah, maybe it's it's more like we're thinking of the church as a a building or an event or just a set of a set of rituals that you go through, and you know probably what they're wanting to do is, is focus on scripture and Jesus and maybe relationships. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully also relationships. Cause, cause I can totally understand not wanting to associate with some organization that says they believe what you believe, but then they do terrible things or yeah, whatever. No, that, right? that part for sure makes sense. And it's one of those really unfortunate things where not everyone who claims to be a Christian really represents Christ well. Um, I mean, I, I think I can be included in that. I don't always represent Christ well. And so it's kind of a tricky thing because it's like you don't get to throw the baby out with the bathwater, though. That's kind of the way I look at it. Yeah, you know? yeah. So... I don't know. That was probably a little deeper than you were wanting to go, but you know, whatever. It was what was on my mind. No, it's good. It's good. Cuz cuz also this book is controversial because she kind of attempted something that no one has ever done before as far as I know, which is write a fictional story about Jesus from the first person and include a lot of events that are just not in the Bible, just, you know, just make stuff up that possibly could have happened but and they have a lot of historic basis but we know nothing about this this period before his ministry yeah i've actually read a book somewhat similar to that um but it was told from john the baptist's perspective oh actually that sounds really cool um it's called the prisoner in the third cell by gene edwards huh and it's really short. Like you could read it in a couple of hours. Like it's like a light read. See, it seems I think it's like it like a kid's book. It seems like it would. That's what would tend to happen. Is that you make it really short because you don't want to make up too much stuff. <laughs> right. But it was really good in terms of just like giving me perspective on what would it have been like to be John the Baptist, like yeah, and yeah. to have experienced like the things that he went through. Um. So. You know, I'll I'll give that one a recommendation as well. You know, just whatever. Nice. <laughs> but I thought you didn't read fiction books. Yeah, I don't know. Whatever. It happens sometimes. <laughs> we all fall down deep, dark wells. So one of the things that really fascinates me about this book is it's a topic I've thought about a lot. And, and like, I thought about it more as a kid because I think when you're a kid, these kind of religious ideas are brand new to you and you ask a lot of questions as a kid and then over time you just kind of get used to it and you stop questioning things so one of the things i would question is you know what was it like to be jesus or what is it like to be god 
and what it's like to be God is maybe an easier question than what it's like to be Jesus because he's God, but then he was born as a baby. And so babies don't know very much and God knows everything. So how does that work? And like, how did that transition happen from a baby into a boy into a man that has this amazing ministry? Like, you know what I mean? Like, did he just always know stuff? Well, I mean, the Bible certainly indicates that he was wise beyond his age. Like, yeah, that's certainly indicated, but the exact specifics of that, I, I definitely, uh, I wouldn't dare to speak to. <laughs> right, and that's the other thing too is, like, at, at what at what point is it okay to think about these things or speculate about them or put them down in writing? You know, like, yeah, I mean. I'm not uncomfortable having a conversation about it, but I would definitely be uncomfortable to write about it. Like I would 100% be uncomfortable to write about it. Right. But maybe one way to get around that would be to write a very similar fictional story that has a lot of the same, I don't know, like tropes as the Jesus story, but maybe it's sci-fi fantasy or just some, you know, just something completely different that, that has like, some sort of hero that is like the son of a God. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like you could tell the same story and just not say that it's Jesus. And then it's like, Oh, that's okay. But if you, if you say it's Jesus, then it's not okay. Right. I, it makes me like the book makes me a little uncomfortable, but I, it's intriguing. (laughs) It's intriguing at the same time as you're uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. That's completely fair. And I also feel really awkward reading it. I don't want to take it out and I don't want anyone to see me anyone to see me reading it. It's got a it's got a picture of Jesus on the front that's not a great picture. <laughs> it's always funny to me whenever I see pictures of Jesus because Jesus is so often portrayed as like, you know, European with a beard and long hair and like Yeah. You're like, uh maybe <laughs> but I don't think so. I don't think so. He definitely wasn't European. <laughs> this is not one of those European with long flowing hairs, but it's still a kind of a weird picture. Anyway. How's the diet going? Oh, yeah. So when we, before we bought this house, we started Whole30. I don't know if we talked about it on the show. We did. We did. We talked about it a well, little bit. But I did it. I did it for over 30 days because... It went really well, and then I actually, I actually started having some problems, digestive problems, near the end of it, and I wanted to continue for a little bit to see if they would go away, but they just kept getting worse and worse, and so I was like, okay, I'm gonna get off of it. Hmm. Which is wow. really weird. Like, I think it was doing good things to my body, and it just took a while for it to start happening, but like, I just wasn't getting through it. Gotcha. So, um, did you end up losing weight or no? Oh, no. And I definitely should not be losing weight. That's good. Well, what about, how did this compare to whenever you did the raw food diet many moons ago? The raw food diet was really pretty easy for me. And this was pretty easy to do as well. Like, both of them are so restrictive that decision making around food is just really easy. But gotcha. But in both cases, going out to eat at a restaurant is almost impossible. 
Right. <laughs> you have to go to like a vegan restaurant or something. In Actually, Vanilla, what's probably... really weird is like I got away with the whole 30 meal at the Cheesecake Factory. What did you eat that was Whole30 okay? It was just a salad. Um, oh, a salad. Okay. It turns out it wasn't completely Whole30, but it was close. <laughs> did you eat some croutons or something? You're like, oh, yay. Uh, no. It was either bacon or cranberries. Mm. Bacon apparently is almost never Whole30 because there's sugar. I think it's sugar. Right. Cranberry, dried sugar. Dried cranberries is the same thing with sugar, I think. But, yeah, and Rebecca's still on it. She's been going for quite a while, and she's doing the transition period where you try out one thing at a time. Gotcha. <clears throat> is she looking for food allergies? Is that what she's trying to do? Or Yeah, pretty much. Just, just to see any sort of negative effects that's like i don't know i don't know if it's always considered a food allergy but or sensitivity sometimes yeah sensitivity or your body just doesn't process certain foods as well Mm -hmm. so you have a few other bizarre words that i don't know what they mean on this sheet so let's talk about sea land what is sea land oh yeah we Is, is this akin to sea world we, I mentioned this, and I could not find the name of it. So there's a place called the Principality of Sealand, or commonly known as Sealand, and it's a it's a country off the coast oh. of the UK. Okay, yeah, and I remember us talking about it's this now. It's not officially recognized by anybody, but it's just it's super interesting. You can go, you can go, you can pay money and become like a duke. Or uh, Earl of Sealand. Okay. So is there someone who actually lives there permanently or no? Yes. They have to have people living there permanently. Um, so it's, it's this guy and his daughter currently living there, I think. Yeah. Jack Moore and his daughter Jane. They're essentially squatting. Gotcha. Well, but, um, but it's a. Oh, it's not land. This is the other interesting thing. It's like, I don't know what it is. Like an oil rig or something. I don't. Um. Okay. Oh, it's <laughs> a. It's an anti-aircraft gun platform, built by the British during World War II. So it's a. Sh- so it floats. It's a floating thing. Uh, I don't think it's floating. I think it's it's. It's, it has these two giant columns going all the way down to the bottom of the ocean. It's, it's not that far off the ocean, or not that far off the coast. Okay. Yeah. So presumably they have to like get supplies from yeah. somewhere else and stuff. Yeah, they have to take a boat back to, I guess, England and, and get stuff. So yeah. Not going to lie, I don't think Sealand is on my list of places that I want to mm-hmm. visit. That doesn't sound appealing to me but uh you know whatever oh, it'd be super cool though i mean to each his own <laughs> but what another really interesting thing is they they claim that they have been recognized as a country because there was this dispute that happened 
and uh, some country like sent a representative out there to to resolve the dispute. <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, it was well, it was Germany. Germany, okay. It was a hostage situation. A hostage? What? Yeah. Tell me, you need to to go check out this Wikipedia article. I might have to go read up on Sealand after the show and uh, see what I can learn then. Yeah. Uh, I think there's also a really good podcast episode about it. I'll have to send you a link to that as well. Okay. Well, what is The Miracle Morning? Oh, yeah. So it's a book that that we found that's it's it's more of a pamphlet than a book but is this the start of a cult this feels like the start of a cult oh it actually is kind of written that way it's very uh-huh. it's very very cheesy and it's very clickbaity and clickbaity okay yeah it's not super well written but the ideas in it are pretty cool I mean, basically it's just you wake up early and you do these six things that like successful people do and just get your, your day off to a good start. So six things that you do them for 10 minutes each. So it takes you an hour. And then I, I did today for the first time and I was skeptical, but I really liked it. And here's the other question I'll ask is what do they mean when they say successful people? Uh, they do, they do kind of talk about that in the book saying that you do have to define what success means for yourself. And part of it can, you know, you can define it however you want to, like you, it could be, well, well, if you define it however you want to, then how would you know that these other people who do this are successful? Right. Well, they're, they're looking at people who are who get a lot of stuff done, make a lot of money, are famous, that kind of thing. But they, they are talking about, like, you want to, you do want to define what success looks like in your life and be happy. So uh, you don't want to, you don't want to spend all this time being busy trying to get happy and then never actually doing the things that make you happy. I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. I probably will be staying pretty far away from this book, but, uh, you know, <laughs> have fun experimenting. <laughs> why Why do you say that? Um, I think I'm always very skeptical of anything that is, I mean, so like a good example of this is um, something along the lines of like getting things done Oh. Or the seven habits of highly effective people, or things like that. How that about are very, uh, like, the life changing magic of tidying up? Yeah, think anything like that where it's like you do this small thing and everything changes in your life, and it's like all you have to do is tidy up. Life changing. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so I I just typically am of the opinion that. If something is truly of value, it will A, stand the test of time, and B, it will be something that is widely known and widely accepted. 
Gotcha. That that's just my my stance on things. Yeah, and this is not to the test of time. The author is super young, which I mean sometimes can can uh, play to someone's benefit and sometimes not. Um, you know, but it was pretty funny. I had someone who was a, a Kia car salesman talk to me a couple years ago, and basically they made the comment to me of like. Oh, well, you know, why did you buy a Toyota? And I said, well, I bought a Toyota because whenever I look on the road, I see a lot of old Toyotas driving the roads. Mm-hmm. Like, they hold up. And they said, well, do you want to be stuck in the past or do you want to be in the future? Like, with a Kia. And I'm like, um, well, <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess that's one way to phrase it. But, you know, I'm a firm believer that the past although not always an indicator of the future, is oftentimes a good indicator of the future. That's the reason we study history, because we're curious about what can we learn from the past to inform us of the future. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I use a, a text editor from the 70s to do all my coding. Wow. That, that has stood the test of time. Are you using VI still or something else? Yeah, well, it's, it's them. So it's okay. it's VI improved. Well, that's fair. Well, technically I, NeoVim, which is Vim improved. Are you, are you sure it's not NeoVim plus plus? Uh, no, that's next. That's the next thing. Okay, that's that's the next evolution of it. Yeah. Um. Okay. So I have an interesting question for you because I'm not. I feel like you have at least one experience with this, but you may. I I don't know how this would impact you or not. Okay. So uh, I've run into a situation in my life where uh, two staff members at my church that I'm very close to are both leaving, um, not not for any sort of, you know, uh, like, you know, they're getting fired reasons or whatever, just for, for different reasons for both of them, they're moving on. Um, and I'm just curious, like, I had that kind of same experience. Uh, I, I lost three youth ministers kind of growing up and kind of, you know, have, have experienced that before. And then obviously uh, the two of us both lost our university minister um, as well in college. Um, yeah. Just curious what your feelings are or like how you feel like that's impacted you uh, in the past and what you might have learned from the, that experience. Yeah. And I, I think I lost all of those youth ministers as well. Although one of them I might have been in college during his time, but, and then we also lost the pastor. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that too. And that, that was not a great situation. Right. Okay. So the first, the first situation you said was just normal, just normal members of the church, just moving on to an, to another, like to another church or no, 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 no. I, I was only talking about staff. Only staff, staff of a church. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it has, has not affected me that much, especially youth ministers, because it it seems like the youth minister position, although some youth ministers will say they want to do that for a long time, it's more of a stepping stone position on, on to, to becoming a, a lead pastor. Right. Um, 
But in particular, I'd be curious, like your thoughts on whenever, you know, the university minister left, because that was someone, you know, that you were pretty close to. Um, yeah, well, I, I thought that was it was great. And, you know, it was interesting. It was interesting timing because he started the year before I started college and he was there through the entire time I was in college. And I was moving on at that time anyway. Just about to within a year I moved. Gotcha. Um like in that in that situation, I was very close to him, and like I guess you could say his teaching because his teaching or his teaching style was was a bit different than I'd ever heard before, and and really impactful to me. I actually felt like it was good for me to move on from that, or for him to move on or whatever, because it I don't know I feel like when there's a charismatic leader it can tend like charismatic leader is one of the signs of a cult there there right. there are many signs of a cult but that is one of them and so it at some point with like i don't know superstar pastors or something it can become too much about the pastor gotcha i see what you're saying so you feel like by the, by that person moving on it kind of gave the opportunity for breathing room or yeah. new ideas. Yeah, or, and you yeah. can just kind of do a reset and, and focus more on just the scripture and, and God. And, you know, actually during that time when I moved away and, you know, the, the college minister moved away and then I moved away, I kind of fell away a, a bit. Like I wasn't as close to God for a while. I'm just now coming back around. Yeah. I think we talked about this in season two. I think so. But yeah, like I, I kind of became a, an accidental Pharisee. It was one of the books I read after I left or after I moved. Hmm. And now I'm trying to like restore that joy. Hmm. But that's this is kind of far from the question you're asking, I think. But it, it's it's good. It's good though. Keep yeah. going. I don't care. <laughs> when when we lost the, the pastor through a bad situation, you know, some people took that really hard, and I fortunately did not. I had a bit of an inside perspective because I'd worked at the church, and so I kind of knew what was going on more than other people, and. You know, I just learned from that. You just don't put ministers up on a pedestal. They're just people. Yep. They, they are people. <laughs> the, 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 there's nothing special about a minister. Like, God has given them a special task, but, like, they are normal people at the end of the day, and they have normal people problems. So. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, a, that was a really great lesson for me to to. See, this is why you don't put people on a pedestal. Yeah. Nobody is closer to God than any other person. Yeah. I, I once heard it said, and it's it's proven to be such a true and not fun statement, which is, you're as close to God as you want to be. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, ooh, I don't really care for that statement, but it's very true. <laughs> yeah. I mean, getting back to actually the, the miracle morning, one of the things I I did, or the first thing you do is just sit in silence. 
you can meditate or you can pray. And so I use that time to, to pray and just kind of sit in silence and just think about what's really important. And, mm. you know, I do all these other things that if you look at the amount of time I spend, all these other things are way more important than God. And I don't think about God that much. And, and just sitting there in silence allowed me to think about that. And then one of the things you do is affirmations. And, you know, in these type of books, the kind of affirmations you're probably supposed to do are, are things about building wealth and like, I can achieve anything and all these self-helpy things. And, you know, my affirmations were the first things that came to mind were more like, I am a child of God. Like God, God mm. loves me. Yeah. Uh, God has a purpose for me, all these kind of things. And I was like, wow, I have not done or thought about this kind of thing in a long time. Yeah. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Yeah. So it sounds like you took the, like the new aginess out of it, which I can appreciate. Oh yeah. I, I am such a skeptic coming into this book and I'm trying to extract just the, the real value out of it. Mm. And like focus on what's really important. Yeah. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs>